At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap with tim murray and super bowl champion sean king on vsin the sports betting network We are off and running on the nightcap. That is Sean King. I am Tim Murray. And the Bucks, the Bucks-Nets game just got blacked out on our television here. <laughs> what a game, by the way. <laughs> what a game. So, I don't know if anyone can see it if you're watching. There's a big blue screen in the middle because the Lakers game is supposed to come on next. So I guess it just has a time. When it will click in as, as the, the video camera guy didn't have a mask on. I guess when the, so we ended up blacked out. The blackout starts. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we get to watch the end of that game. I don't know if we will, but uh, it's pretty interesting to uh, to say the least with the Bucks and <laughs> with the with <laughs> the Bucks funny. and the uh, and the Brooklyn Nets. One ten, one ten is the score as they head to overtime. Giannis with a big three in the closing seconds. Well, I guess like closing fifteen seconds or so to force overtime. And uh, Mr. Antetokounmpo is uh, playing uh, playing his butt off here tonight as uh, they are looking to take down uh, the Brooklyn Nets as two-point road underdogs. Giannis has 42 points tonight, 14 rebounds, four assists. You know, it's interesting. There's still a lot of road to be traveled, but is this a preview of potentially the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, is this what we're going to get, like, in a seven-game series between... You know, a lot of people would consider the top two players in the world right now, Kevin Durant and Giannis. So I hope I hope it's an Eastern Conference. I, I just I really hope that it is not a situation, Sean, in which we get this in the first round. So that would be my worry. As uh, I've pulled it up here on my computer. Okay. So uh, one thir- posted one thirteen one twelve Brooklyn with the lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Middleton, by the way, ejected for a flagrant two. Uh, very questionable, in my opinion. He was stinking up to join anyway. That flagrant two call, but a uh, hell of a game. Back-to-back nights for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, actually, not the back-to-back. Uh, two out of the last three nights. Two nights ago was the, the game against Philadelphia, who, by the way, the Philadelphia 76ers lost on the road as nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. The big Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons. And how about the Clippers? The Clippers, who had that thrilling comeback win, Sean, the other night. Uh, they are right now leading the Chicago Bulls 99-92. Uh, 
And uh, ultimately what's happening is the Bulls are playing a team with a pulse and they're unable to beat them. Yeah. It's interesting because, and I'm going to go back to what I said about the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, outside of Boston, I mean, really, who else is playing good right now in the East? I mean, Miami's struggling. Sixers lost to the Pistons today, you know, so – if these two teams, if the draw comes up right, so that well, Miami did have a nice win last night. They did, but before them. that, I mean, they had lost about four games in a row, and I still just think, think Miami's missing that one superstar. Like I feel like if they had a Durant or a Giannis or a player of that caliber to go with that squad, then I'd like them a lot more than I do now. I just think they're a good team, but I don't really consider them like someone that's gonna challenge to win the Eastern Conference. It's not in my opinion. I, I tend to agree. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, it'll be the Bucks or the Nets. Or, I mean, I, I wouldn't be stunned if the Celtics, the way that they've played, Sean, mm-hmm. I mean, they have superstar talent in Tatum and Brown, certainly not to the level of Giannis or Kevin Durant or, you know, even Kyrie Irving, but they got some pretty good, darn good players there. True. So uh, we will see. Brooklyn... Uh, if they lose this game, if Brooklyn loses this game, I don't know what the tiebreak situation is, Sean, but they would be in a three-way tie for eighth place, meaning the Hawks and the Hornets, I mean, they're all jumbled in there with about five games to go. So it would be interesting to see how that all played out with the play-in tournament. You know it would be great? Because last night I said, take the Cavs, not to make the playoffs, and take the Hornets and Hawks to make the playoffs. If the Hornets and Hawks, one of them can get into – that seven, first eight. game, you yeah. could hit all three bets. You could, yeah. yeah. If the Cavaliers uh, were to falter, so one seventeen, one fifteen, the Bucks leading the Nets. That one in overtime, as the Bucks were a two-point underdog. The Lakers, without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, again, uh, are on the floor right now against the Utah Jazz. The Spurs did lose last night, so at this moment in time, the Lakers are the ten seed in the Western Conference, but. They are a double-digit underdog tonight on the road at Utah. If they were to lose this game, Sean, they would drop back outside of the playoff picture. The Spurs would regain that 10 spot due to the tiebreak. The Lakers do not have a tiebreaker against the Pelicans or the Spurs, so they need to uh, to clear one of those teams in order to just get in to the play-in. We will see. Uh, there is speculation that LeBron and AD could play tomorrow night. Now, he probably should come back, considering uh, Embiid scored 37 tonight in a loss, and Giannis has 42 as we enter overtime, so he could easily add eight points in overtime and end up with a 50 spot, Yep. and that's pertaining to who's going to end up as a scoring, as champ. a scoring champ. Right now, LeBron sits at 30.1 per game, and I think it's Giannis and Embiid both at 29.9, and Durant's at 29. Point seven. So four guys right there within a couple tenths of a point of each other. So this thing will go down to the wire. All right. Uh, so that is uh, that's where we stand on the NBA tonight. Uh, any uh, Puckstradamus? I do. Tonight? I do. I have the Dallas Stars on the puck line. See if we can get that home. That game starts at seven. So might not be too late. And if it's already started, you could definitely jump in in game. I don't haven't seen a score yet. So I think it's still zero zero if it started. All right, a little, uh, little Puckstradamus action. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Xavier, getting it done. No, not shout out to Xavier. That was a terrible result. <laughs> I, uh, I'll be honest, I, uh, I did not follow your advice. I played a little on Xavier tonight. 
Well, I mean, I mistakenly made the bet yesterday. <laughs> so I think if Xavier would have played yesterday, they'd have covered. If the game would have ended at halftime, they covered. Were they up eight? I mean Texas A&M. I mean Texas A&M. Yeah. They would. I mean they were up eight at the half, and then Xavier. Hey, as they've done this entire tournament, they just were hitting shots. Hats off to that program. Did it without their head coach. Yep. On the day their head coach, their former head coach, was hired as the head coach of Miami of Ohio, he was fired. They played the NIT. They go on to win the NIT, and uh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Now, is the interim going to be promoted, or have they hired someone else? Uh, They've hired someone. Sean Miller. That stinks. Well, Sean Miller. Especially considering crystal clean Sean Miller is coming to replace. Well, yeah. Crystal clean Sean Miller won a lot of games when he was at Xavier. So he I did. Think, I think he won a lot of games at Arizona, too. That's what happens when you buy players. Didn't win enough. <laughs> Didn't win enough to uh, stay out of trouble you there. You think DeAndre Ayton just went to Arizona because, you know, hey, that's the cool place to be. Sure. Yeah. Well, now those now those uh, NILs. Yeah. shadiness uh, doesn't really matter anymore. Look, uh, just ask Tennessee and their quarterback that they got. Is I wonder if he'll keep Rudy the guy Gobert, that was Rudy Gobert is just doing pull-ups on the rim right now, so... Uh, if you went ahead and laid the points with the Jazz or were waiting, hey, maybe I get in-game. Um, not going to be able to get in-game on the Jazz. Or if you think Russ is going for 60 tonight, it's a great time to take the Lakers. <laughs> Down 14-4. Godspeed. You might even be able to get them at like, what was it? Was it 11? It, it closed at 11, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was the final line in this game. You probably get them at 17-18. Uh, close 13 and a half. Oh, well, yeah. You might need 25 the way this is going. 14-4, to four, Jazz uh, with that lead over the Lakers. Uh, I have officially been now blacked out on my uh, on my other TV viewing <laughs> pleasure. So uh, it is 118-115 as we watch uh, the scores come across here with the Bucks and the Nets. Uh, the Clippers, by the way, as I mentioned, uh, are winning against the Chicago Bulls. All right, we'll get more into the uh, the final four, uh, but you know we've we've spent all week talking about these games, mm-hmm. and you know dissecting them one way or the other. Have you changed any opinions? Made them stronger? Added new new bets? Where where do you stand? As we are what 40, 48, less than forty eight hours away from these two games, any changes of opinion still? feeling strong with the way the market has moved. Where, where are you at right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on both favorites. I just think this is going to be a Duke-Kansas final. I think Duke really was looking forward to this, the players, an opportunity to kind of get some get back on the Tar Heels ruining the last game for Coach Krzyzewski there in Cameron. So I think you're going to get a really, really excellent performance by the Duke guys, and I think that's too much for North Carolina to handle. And listen, if Justin Moore is playing – I would give Villanova fighters chance. I, they just, just won't play anybody, Tim. I mean, no one played. They had a six-man rotation. Six-man will now be starting the two-lane transfer. They don't play anyone else on that bench. And You know, with Kansas' motion offense and the way Kansas likes to... At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know, play transition basketball. I mean, I've heard people come on the show and say that the fatigue doesn't play a role, but it will. It does. And, you know, I just see, I think Kansas eventually wears them down. I just think they keep throwing bodies at them. They're making them have to run back every time on defense. I think, oh, I think it would be a competitive game, but eventually I think Kansas kind of gets away and ends up winning by about nine, ten points. So I won't be making a bet on the side um, because I entered this game with a 25-1 to 1 ticket on Villanova, 14-1 to 1 on Kansas, so I'm, I'm feeling good there. Uh, regardless of the outcome, but I, I I still think this is an under game, and I know uh, I look at Caesars; they've gone up to 134. I I don't I don't understand it. I don't I don't fully get it. I saw some splits today at DraftKings; the majority of the money on the over. I think this is the general mindset, though. If you think Kansas is going to win this game, Sean, it's probably going to trend towards the over. This is a Kansas team that wants to get out and go. We saw them play as good as they've played all year in the second half. Uh, they are. You know, over the entire season, you know, 61st in adjusted tempo. They have, you know, number 40 in average possession length. So they are a team that wants to get out and go. And Miami, that was a 72-possession game. There's a lot of possessions, unlike these Villanova games. But I do think if it ends up being similar to how you expect it to unfold, which is Kansas maybe pulling away, I still think Villanova struggles to get to 60. With, with Here's my issue. And we got to go to break. Villanova shot 23% versus Houston, 30% the game before that versus Michigan from three. They won't beat Kansas shooting the basketball like that. All right, more on this on the other side. It's the nightcap here on Visa. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zinn is available in 10 varieties and two strengths, 3 milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and 6 milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zen anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Visit Zen.com. That's ZYN.com to learn more and to find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Uh, we have been blacked out of the end of the Bucks Nets game, so we are we are going old school here. We're following this game via stat tracker, and what we could tell you is Kevin Durant was fouled shooting a three. He made all three free throws, and then Giannis was fouled at some point shooting, and he made both of his free throws. So there's three seconds left, and the Bucks lead 120 to 119. So with this game. It was a 
Bucks. They were a two-point underdog. And uh, we, oh, breaking news. The game is over, and the Milwaukee Bucks have won. However, how about this, Sean? Mm-hmm. Overtime was not where the dog went to die. The dog went on to win 120 to 119. And somehow, someway, the under came home at 243 and a half, despite these teams going to overtime 120 to 119. So very unusual. The dog wins in overtime and the under comes home. This was a total that rose from 240 at open to 243 and a half. And it goes under all of those. 120 to 119, the final score. The Bucks overcome, I think it was a nine-point deficit in the final three minutes, Sean. Giannis finishes with 44 points, 14 rebounds, six assists. He went one for four from three, but no bigger three than the one he hit with about 20 seconds to go. And uh, what a win for the Bucks! And they are now a half game back of the Miami Heat for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. And the Brooklyn Nets, on the other hand, Sean, are at this moment in time tied with the Nets, or sorry, with the Hornets and the Hawks Mm -hmm. for eighth place in the Eastern Conference. So it's going to be a wild finish. Five games left in the season. I got to get my bet in then before these odds change. Yeah, you're, yeah, we were talking about last night. So a uh, great finish there as the Bucks get the win. I'm assuming it was a great finish. Maybe it was the worst overtime in the history of NBA. I don't know. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> I We got to – the overtime is where dogs go to die. We got to have a threshold for how big of an underdog. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because, I mean – It was a two. It yeah, was two. Yeah, no, that's I, really – yeah. I don't think – if 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 the if – Five it, or more. If the Nets had won – Let's use five as our threshold. How about four? Four and a half. I'll meet you in the middle. Four and a half. Boom. Okay. There we go. More so college, I feel like. But eh, sometimes in the NBA. All right. So uh, a nice win there. The Clippers, by the way, uh, the Bulls are are making a comeback here. So uh, the uh, Bucks leading, or Bucks win, and the uh, Clippers and Bulls, that game with a minute and a half to go. Uh, Jazz and Lakers, that one just underway. 21 to 18. Hey, there you go. Lakers showing some life. Yeah. All right. Uh, we were kind of rushed to close out last segment. So, yeah, I I know that it's gone up to 134. And normally, Sean, mm-hmm. I am uh, spooked by line movement. Rightfully so. You, we don't move lines. You know, the, the sophisticated better moves Speak the line. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't move lines. But I, I just like this. I like the under in this game because I, I think back, I think a couple things, and I'll, I'll reiterate what I said earlier this week. Villanova has a week to prepare. Not right. to say that that's going to make them win this game, but they've got a week to prepare. Think back to last year. They had a week to prepare for Baylor mm-hmm. without Colin Gillespie. That was a slog of a game. That was a total of 142 and a half. It was. And it closed out. It went off 113. Mm-hmm. That was 62 to 51. But to your point about Villanova running out of gas, that's what happened against Baylor. Now, Baylor last year was certainly better than this Kansas team. But I would, would I be stunned? No. Because Villanova is still a very talented team. Would I be a bit surprised? Yes, I would be. Just based off of the lack of depth and the likelihood of, you know, too many weapons at that guard position being thrown 
at Villanova, especially with the emergence of Remy Martin averaging about 16 points per game in the NCAA tournament. But I still like the under. I, you know, I would look at this game as like a, I don't know, 70 to 60 type of game. That, that would be the way I would feel. 70 to 69 to 57, something like that. I do think the first half under, which based off of Sean, where we stand right now with the uh, with the first half, it it is not your typical correlation to a full game number. There is a lot of money clearly coming in on the first half under. Uh, at one point, you could have got 62 and a half. That's long gone. There was a 62 last night at Caesars. That's gone. It's 61 and a half across the board. So I took a little bite at 62 and a half. That's gone. Um, but I still think under 61 and a half is still a look in this first half because I think Villanova is going to do everything in their power, Sean, to keep it slow and to try to control the pace like they did against Houston. They're going to try. Uh, unlike Houston, unlike Michigan, Kansas is a fast-break team. Michigan thought that their size advantage was going to be the difference maker, so they really played through the low post in that game. Houston, you've, you've reiterated multiple times where they rank metrically yep. from an offensive rating standpoint. They're awful. Were they 300 and something in the, in the country, if I'm not mistaken, in Ken Palm? So those are two offensively challenged teams. Kansas is a different animal. I just, I just don't think Villanova has enough firepower to keep this game within single digits. So just to give you some stats, you know, in the Michigan game, they won with 63-55. They shot 30% from three, nine of 30. Scored 63 points, went 10 of 12 from the free throw line. So 10 of the 63 points came from the charity stripe. In the Houston game, they shot 5 of 21 from three. 15 of 15 from the line. They ended up with 50. So they scored 35 points from the field and 53 points from the field. And I don't think Michigan is as good on defense as Kansas is. Mm -hmm. And Houston's nowhere near as good on offense as Kansas is. So I just look at this team. They're 14 and 51 from the three-point line in their last two games. How do they score? They don't have a size advantage over Kansas. If Kansas just plays disciplined defense and doesn't put Villanova on the foul line, how does Villanova get over 50? I'm just, I'm just, that's, that's the thing I'm trying to figure out. And I know Kansas is capable. They're gonna make, they're gonna run, they're gonna take shots, they're gonna play with confidence. I just, I, when I look at this game, I just, I don't see how Villanova scores enough points to beat Kansas. I'm pulling up Kansas right now. The only now. caveat I would say about that. And this is... So here's Kansas' output. Yeah. Uh, 76, 66, 79, 83. I mean, they've scored more in every game than Villanova scored in any. Right. You know, and so that's I just... What, and that's why I think it is up to Villanova. And, and look, they were able to dictate the pace last year against Baylor. They held Baylor. That game had 57 possessions. That was the lowest uh, possessions for the entire season for Baylor. And they held them to 62 points. But they also only scored 51 without Colin Gillespie. So I don't disagree mm -hmm. with what you're saying whatsoever. I just think it's going to be an under game. That, that, that's, I, just, I, I, believe, I that. believe it will be an under game. I think Villanova will do their best. They'll try to get you know, some foul trouble down low uh, with their two bigs of McCormick and, uh, and Lightfoot. So they have a size advantage. I trust Jay Wright more than Bill Self. I think... The week off certainly helps Villanova to try to figure out, 
okay, how are we going to win this game without Justin Moore? I think they're going to have a good plan, Tim. I just don't think they have the guys to do it. And that's fine. I just think it – Just to As long as reiterate. they can dictate that pace and have those long – Lengthy possessions Kansas, as they've had all year. Kansas shot 14% from three against Providence and still ended up with 66, which is more than Villanova's been able to muster. I'm just, where are the points coming from? Now, if they have one of these, you know, once-in-a-lifetime games and, and guys that don't hit shots or hitting shots, anything can happen. I'm just saying when I look at the matchup, I just don't know how Kansas – it's sort of the same thing I was saying heading into Arkansas-Duke. I don't know how Arkansas could get into the 70s. Same thing kind of with Texas Tech. Like, Duke's going to be over 70 most of the time. So I just think Kansas is going to be high 60s, low 70s. I just don't see Villanova being able to keep up. I don't disagree. As long as it's low scoring, I think it will be. That's Sean. I'm Tim. The Underman. We'll talk some NFL draft next right here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only 19 bucks. Our all-digital MLB guide at vcin.com is available now, and Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams. Plus, Jason Weingarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and more. Sign up today and get full access to vcin through the start of the baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for only 19 bucks. Head over to vcin.com slash spring. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Earlier this week, we had Sean break down the quarterbacks. Later tonight, he will be breaking down the edge rushers. And that is a good jump-off point because we bring in our next guest, Matt Freeman, uh, who has been on the show before. You could follow him on Twitter, at MattFTheOracle. And, Matt, uh, we appreciate you jumping on. And I was uh, I was perusing today one of the few sports books in town that actually has draft odds available it's very hard to find right now here in vegas they had aiden hutchinson at minus 600 to be the first overall pick the reason i bring that up your latest mock draft you do not have the michigan edge rusher going number one why Man, I got to say, that's some serious groupthink where uh, in a class with no clear number one player, it's not like there's a Trevor Lawrence in this class or a number a number one quarterback who's really strong. Some real groupthink that we could have this far in advance, someone that locked in, minus 600, that's unreal. And the thing is, it's not as if Aiden Hutchinson is a bad player. He's a great player, but Trayvon Walker is a pretty good player. He might have a higher ceiling. Aiden Hutchinson could be the higher floor player. And then Kayvon Thibodeau could be in the mix as the number one pick if you're going with the edge position. And then on top of that, I don't think it's locked in, even though the Jags did franchise tag Kim Robinson, it's not locked in that they're going with an edge rusher. They could still go with an offensive tackle as well. So putting Trayvon Walker number one was my you know puny way 
of taking some sort of stand. It was an act of rebellion against the massive groupthink. <laughs> if you look at the mock drafts in the industry, 90, 95% of them have Aiden Hutchinson going number one. And I'm sorry, he's a great player, but his chances aren't 90 to 95% at this point to go number one. You know, I would agree with you there, Matt, simply because as I've started to break down these edge rushers, he really only had one year of big-time productivity at Michigan. Now, granted, the 20 season was more COVID-related, but when you look at him, 18 and a half career sacks, 14 of them came in 2021. Now, I get he's a safe pick because he's 6'6", so he's got the length that you like. You know, he, he's 260, so he's big enough. And his effort, his motor kind of reminds you of guys like Bosa, you know, and, and of that ilk, you know, that just play the game the right way. But I'm with you. When you just look at, okay, who do I think can become a transcendent Aaron Donald type of disruptor? I think Trayvon Walker's the guy also. And I'm just telling you, Jermaine Johnson, in my opinion, when this is all said and done, is going to be as good of a pro as Hutchinson and Walker. I love that. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, I have him going number 10. You know, uh, before the combine, there weren't a lot of people who were all that high on him, but that dude has some serious talent. You know, he was at Georgia and then transferred. He's, you know, a last chance U alumnus. In his last 19 games of college, he had 16 and a half sacks, was the ACC defensive player of the year. I think there's a real chance that he goes in the top half of the first round, and I agree with you. I think he's closer to that tier of, of pass rushers at the top, you know, Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau. I think he's closer to that tier than he is to the guys underneath him. And it's interesting because I'm with you on, I'm not convinced they're not going Evan Neal or the guy from NC State. I don't like to pronounce his name because I never get it right. Iquano. And I'd rather say the guy from NC State <laughs> than butcher his name on live television. So, and, and here's why, Matt. They have the first pick of the second round as well. And there are going to be some guys, if they're just looking for a pass rusher opposite Josh Allen, you know, Drake Jackson from USC, uh, Amari Barno, the kid from Vitek, is purely a rusher, a little undersized. You know, I can't pronounce his name either, the guy from Penn State. Like, there's some guys, if they're just looking for a guy to get to the quarterback, you know, outside of Josh Allen, that they could take with that first pick of the second round as well. Yeah, I love that. It's it's a strong meat and potatoes class. There will be some pretty good edge rushers available at the top of the second round, but there will be no one like Evan Hill or Akema Kwanu available at the top of the second round. Either one of those guys, I think you can make a strong case for going number one if you wanted to get a tackle to protect you know, a guy that you're hoping will become the best quarterback in the league. Evan Neal, he's got some great uh, versatility to him. He played left guard as a freshman, right tackle as a sophomore, left tackle as a junior. So there's versatility there. And then Akim Aquanu, you know, he's not as polished as Evan Neal. He's not the, the pass blocking specialist that Evan Neal is, but I think he could develop into that. And that dude plays with a nastiness that I haven't seen in almost any other player. Like watching him just drive guys into the ground is a, it's a pure joy. As we kind of move forward, and I know the Texans, no one's saying quarterback in Houston. I get it. Davis Mills, he played okay enough maybe to warrant, you know, not selecting a quarterback at three in a draft where no one really has guys graded that high. Detroit still has Jared Goff. Of course, he's serviceable, but he's not the quarterback of the future. I say that to say this. 
Scott Fitterer, the GM of the Panthers, basically wrote his own eulogy the other day and said, hey, I'm being forced to, to draft a quarterback, which is really, you know, what the statement was. Have you heard anybody maybe off the radar that seems to have fallen in love with Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, that could cons be considered to move up to maybe one, two, or three? Man, well, I mean, talking about the Panthers, that's the opposite of a poker face, whatever that is, just basically <laughs> telegraphing what it is that you might be doing. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's out there. The the Steelers last year, everyone in their mock draft had them slotted with Najee Harris. I mean, they just telegraphed that a mile away. And it is pretty open that they are really interested in Malik Willis. I don't think that they move all the way from 20 up to number one or number two, that's a really big move. That's sort of like a, like the Kansas city chiefs moving up for Patrick Mahomes type of move, except they'll probably have to give up more because it's not moving up to 10. It's, it's moving up to a premium pick. So I don't think they move that far, but I think there is a chance that let's say the Carolina Panthers, they have been linked uh, to Kenny Pickett. And let's say they take Kenny Pickett and Malik, Wall Malik uh, Willis falls a little bit. You could see them maybe jumping up to number nine, number 10 uh, to get Malik Willis. But I don't think someone's going to move all the way up for one of these guys. If we look at any of the quarterbacks in this class, and you can talk yourself into some of them as you know legitimate NFL talents, still none of the quarterbacks in this class would have been ranked ahead of any of the five quarterbacks in last year's class who went in round one. I just don't see someone taking that ammunition and moving all the way up to the top of the draft. It just doesn't seem necessary. At Matt F. The Oracle on Twitter, real quickly on this, because I want to sneak in another question. We only have about two minutes. Right now at DraftKings, Malik Willis minus 200, Kenny Pickett plus 175 to be the first quarterback selected. Is there some value on Pickett being the first quarterback selected at those odds? Yeah, I think there is a little bit of value there because – the smoke of the Panthers with Kenny Pickett, that's actually pretty strong. And, and there's some uh, some justification for that. Pickett is an, an okay player, right? You could make a case for him just on his own. And Matt Rule is connected to Kenny Pickett. He did recruit Kenny Pickett when he was at Temple. Uh, and, and Pickett uh, actually, uh, you know, he, he said he would commit and, and then he decommitted, but you know, those two guys actually do like each other. So I do see there being a case for Kenny Pickett because there's a chance he goes number six and I'm not buying that the Lions are actually going to take Malik Willis at number two. Yeah. Plus 175 is like a 37% implied probability. So yeah, I mean, if you think there's a 40% chance, maybe there is a little value there. Uh, before we let you run, looking at your mock draft, once again, at Matt F the Oracle, follow him on Twitter, get all of his great content there. Uh, a bet that I like, and we got a minute, is over four and a half cornerbacks in the first round. Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, and McDuffie seem to be absolute locks. You have Andrew Booth, also Elam going all in the top 25, and you can get plus 120 right now at DraftKings. And that's five, that's more than four and a half. So cornerbacks in the first round, how confident would you say over four and a half? How confident? I mean, it, it feels like, you know, 50, 50, 55, okay. you know, I, I'd say no more than 60%, but I think there's a pretty decent chance of it happening just based on the strength of this class at that position and the need that there is for some of these teams. And then across the league in particular at the position, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be able to defend the pass. There's no doubt about it. Well, Matt, we appreciate the insight and we will be calling on you as we get closer and closer to the draft here 
in Las Vegas at Matt F, the Oracle. Matt Freeman. Hey, Matt, appreciate the insight. Great stuff. Great stuff, Matt. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. There he is, Matt Freeman, with some more thoughts on what he just told us. And overtime in Chicago. It's a nightcap. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Chicago up by one with a minute to go in overtime. 126 to 125. Make it 129 to 125. Corner three to give the Bulls a four-point lead. So the Bulls, they have flipped the script on the Clippers. They have. I'm convinced in the NBA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare clock stops at the end of games <laughs> i mean they they'll score like 15 to 20 points like in the last minute it's unbelievable it really is all right, so what was – let's pull up the spread in this game. Uh, I think the Bulls were favored. Well, I knew the Bulls were favored. They were only – I think it was three and a half, four. Two and a half. They closed two and a half. So uh, the Clippers were the dog here, but as we have uh, we've come to an agreement, mm -hmm. overtime is where dogs go to die, does not come into play unless it is uh, four and a half or more. That is uh, That was the agreement on the nightcap. I think it's fair. Yeah. So Reggie Jackson has the free throw line now to uh, to try to cut into the deficit for the Clippers trailing by now three. The uh, the Bulls erased a 10-point fourth quarter deficit and uh, forced overtime and is now heck of a game. A lot of good games tonight. Man. How's our boy PG doing? Paul George tonight has 22 points. Seven of 20 from the field. The Clippers intrigue me. I'm it, not buying stock yet, but in like a I have it series on alert. price or to yeah, depending on the matchup. 
Okay. I think they could be a team as a lower seed that could pull an upset in the first round, depending on who they get. What would be interesting is now Memphis was that pesky team last year, right? They took a couple games in the first round. Now, instead of being the hunter, they're the huntee. So if they're the two, and let's say the Clippers get the seven seed out of the play-in tournament, would the Clippers be alive against Memphis? No, I think that's a bad matchup for them. Well, the Clippers aren't beating Phoenix. Yeah. So they're not getting out of the seven or the eight. That's the best they're doing. That's probably one and done. But you could also play them game by game. Unless Kawhi is in Portland with Zion. Playing one-on-one, he's about to come back. Uh, with the Clippers, taking points with the Clippers might be uh, an interesting way to go in some of those games. And they might, they'll. I don't think they'll get swept if if they're playing those. But uh, right now we're uh, we're watching uh, that overtime conclude. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll keep you posted on that. The Jazz leading by seven over the Lakers. That one in the second quarter, forty nine to forty two. Um, good stuff there for Matt on uh, the draft. On yeah. the draft, and I thought he had a really interesting take on Trayvon Walker. And we're going to, I don't want to kind of give it away, but you're going to break down the edge rushers for us at the top of the uh, the midnight Eastern hour. But I thought his, his thought process was in, in, interesting in this regard. He said about 90 to 95 of the mock drafts out there all have Aiden Hutchinson going. He said there's no way he is that locked in. Absolutely not. Because, you know, like I said, he only really was productive at an elite level for one season. Now, I feel better about him, and again, it's kind of got an asterisk on it because in 2020, with the COVID and the Big Ten not playing the fall season, you know, that kind of gets... Well, they came back. And yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a normal year. Right. So I'm not going to downgrade a player, you know, that was operating in, in that unknown environment like that. But And I don't necessarily think it's a knock on Aiden as much as I think the upside of a couple other guys is so significant and so great that it, you really... It's a tough decision because it's not about who's the safest selection. It's about two, three years from now, did you select – well, didn't Davian Clowney go number one the year that uh, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack? I believe so. So, like, Jadavion Clowney, good player. Yeah. You know, solid player, but he was never Aaron Donald from an impact and consistent longevity standpoint. And Khalil Mack at his best, in my opinion, was better than Jadavion Clowney. At his best. And I think that's kind of the decision, you know, that you're making. You know, I don't think there's a wrong selection, but you got to feel comfortable with. Khalil Mack went five. And Donald went what? And Donald went 13. Right. In that draft. And Jadavian was no, number one pick. And, you Greg, know, they're all kind Greg of. Greg Robinson was the second pick. Uh, again, he was a, a elite prospect coming out of Auburn. Offensive yeah. lineman. Never yeah. really. Never panned out. Panned out. That was the uh, RG3 trade. But that, to me, that, that wasn't an overdraft. Right. I mean, his film was a lot like Ikuanyu in a lot of ways. You know, raw, but so physical mm-hmm. at the point of attack, strong, a people mover. It wasn't polished, never got polished, right. was taken advantage of by the NFL defensive linemen who are also strong but are also technicians and so fundamentally sound. So there's always uh, the chance of risk. I mean, no matter who you select, but – I don't think there's a lot of risk involved at the top of this draft when it comes to edge rushers. I just think it's choosing your flavor, choosing your choice. What defense do we run? Who fits our scheme, our current scheme, the best? And I think there, if Hutchinson were available at two, I think Detroit sprints to the podium with that ticket in their hand to get Hutchinson. 
Maybe. See, if I'm Detroit, I'm going Evan Neal. Because eventually I'm going to be in the market for a quarterback. So what better gift can I give my quarterback than to have Panay Sewell and Evan Neal on this offensive line to protect him? And again, I say this because, if I'm not mistaken, Detroit has... They have the 32nd pick. 32nd? And then I think the 33rd. Yeah. I, I, no, I, no, it's 32nd and then 34th, right? Yeah, because they have the second pick of the second round. But they have the Rams' first round pick. So they have 32. They have the last pick of the first round. They yes, have two first right. Round picks. So, right. So they go 2, 32, and 34. Right. So, Karvloftis. George Karloftis. Drake. Aaron's guy. Jackson. Like, there are going to be some edge rushers that I think are going to be starters in the league that are going to be available mm. with one of those second and third picks they have because they're, they have three picks in the top 34. There's no one on the offensive line list in this draft that's like Evan, Evan Neal. Really? You think? It's talented. It's polished. Ikiakuanu, you would take Neal over Yes. Him? Yes. Let's risk with Neal. Both strong, both athletic. And I get it. Ekwanu's good. Is really, really good. But he's so, still there's some growing pains there from a technique. Let me ask you standpoint. this because I I do want to hold off on the DN stuff as much as possible since we're going to do that later in the show. But Ikiakuanu, the kid at NC State, has now become the betting favorite mm-hmm. to go as the first offensive lineman taken over Evan Neal and put yourself into a GM's, you know, mindset. You're taking Evan Neal over Ikiakuanu because Evan Neal's more polished, but is there that thought of, well, Aquanu could become, with his athletic ability, just this absolute monster? Well, I look at it like this. If I felt like Evan Neal, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, was inferior in some aspect to Ekawanyu, then I'd probably look at it different. But I think Evan Neal's just as talented. I mean, he's athletic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can move extremely well for a big fella. You know, he's a position versatile, he's played multiple positions at Alabama. You know, I, I'm looking back at last year's offensive line draft. Panay Sewell went seven. Rashawn Slater went 13. Who made the better selection? You see what I'm saying? So, like, but both look like they're going to be really, look really good. really good, yeah. You know? So, it's kind of just like personal, you know, choice. I, I leave it up to the O-line coach if, as a GM or, you know, the director of scouting, in my opinion, had a lot of priority. If I felt like two guys were that close, there were no off-the-field issues, I probably, you know, well, what does the O-line coach think? Because I'd be comfortable with either guy. Yeah. So but we, then you have to remember Alabama is playing Trayvon Walker, N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, NC State. I mean, outside of the Clemson game, you know, they're just not going against the same level caliber of athletes. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, take that into account as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, And, you know, when you think back to Rashawn Slater, people brought up the tape of him against Chase Young where he basically neutralized Chase Young, and that certainly looked yeah. uh, looked uh, looked the part so far. So – Four weeks from today, here in Las Vegas, Sean, it will be the NFL draft. Uh, it'll be fascinating. Still, so much to uh, to play out, and uh, really good stuff from uh, from Matt Freeman, who is uh, who's worth the follow. And I thought he he kind of posed an interesting question: Is Aiden Hutchinson ninety five percent of the chance going to be the number one pick? He doesn't feel like it, and that's why he slipped Trayvon Walker 
in there at number one. You know what Aiden is before we go to break? He's safe. Trent Baalke gave all that money to Christian Kirk and some guys that are questionable. Aiden Hutchinson's safe. All right, we'll get more on the DNs later on in the show. But up next, back to the final four. Jared Smith will join us on the Nightcap. Check out. Check out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 